Welcome to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast, where changing the world starts with changing the home, with your host, Meredith Curtis. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Finish Well Podcast. We are so excited that you are here with us today. And I'm really looking forward to this podcast on investigating the mystery of history. So we are going to put on our detective hat today and we're going to solve a mystery. And so let's get started. Have you ever read a cozy mystery? They are my absolute favorites. I love matching wits with the detective to figure out who did the dastardly deed. There is a mystery in the Old Testament, and it includes a dastardly deed in a garden and a hero who makes a plan to save the day. Do you know who I'm talking about yet? Well, the enemy came in in Genesis 3 into the garden and destroyed a perfect, beautiful world. But God had a plan to send Jesus to save the day. And he left clues throughout the centuries to raise our expectation level and to help us to understand who this Prince of Peace, who this Savior, who this King really was. And so we're going to go back in time, about 6,000 years, to the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve had sinned and God had to discipline them because they had sinned. And as much as it made him sad to do that, he knew that he needed to because they had sinned against a holy God. Now, interestingly, in God giving discipline, correction, punishment to Adam, to Eve, and to the snake, he actually gives a promise So his punishment is redemptive. And who was the one who actually succumbed to the temptation? It was Eve. He gives the promise to Eve, which is so significant because it doesn't matter what you've done. You are never too far from God's grace. So this is what God says to Eve. Are you ready? He says in Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. So he's basically, I'm so sorry, I said it was to the woman, but it's really to the snake. But it's really a promise to the woman that someone who is her offspring will bruise the head of the serpent. And that's not talking about snakes. It's talking about the serpent, which is Satan. And so when we look at how that is fulfilled, because you're thinking, wait, was that fulfilled? Yes, it was. Galatians 4.4 4 says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman under the law. Galatians 4.4. 4. So there's the snake clue in the garden. God says, yes, snake, you have tricked the woman, you have tricked the man, but there's going to come a day when the offspring from this woman is going to bruise your head. It's going to get you. It's going to conquer you. 
And that's so exciting because Jesus has conquered the power of Satan again. The next two clues I like to call genealogy clues, and I'm going to read both clues to you, and then I'm going to read both fulfillment. So the first one is from Genesis 12:3, and God is talking to Abraham, and he says, I will bless those who bless you, and whom who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's Genesis 12:3. And then in Genesis 49.10, Jacob is actually blessing his children before he dies. And this is part of his blessing to Judah. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until tribute comes from him, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. Not the Jews, but the people. So there is coming through the line of Judah. So first it's through the line of Abraham, then it's through the line of Judah. And this is what it says in Galatians 3.16. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It doesn't say and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. So the promise made to Abraham, that was what we just read. It's fulfilled in Jesus. The next promise that we talked about through the line of Judah is also fulfilled in Jesus. And we see that in Matthew 1.1, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. David comes through the line of Judah and goes back to Abraham. So again, this is so exciting, but this mystery is revealed in Jesus and of course, again, we read about it in Galatians and also Matthew 1.1. 1, 1. Now, there's more clues. In Psalm 132.11, the Lord swore to David a sure oath from which he will not turn back. One of the sons of your body I will set on your throne. Now, interestingly, of course, we know that Solomon was set on the throne. And that is how prophetic words a lot of times work. They're fulfilled in the natural and then they're fulfilled in a deeper significant way. And in Romans 1, 1 through 3, Paul opens his letter to the Romans saying this, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh. So, of course, we know that Jesus was God himself. What we The title given to him was Son of God. But we know that he was a descendant of David. He was through Abraham, through Judah, and then through David. So all of those prophetic words are fulfilled from Jesus. And he comes down through the line of David, both through his mother and his father, interestingly. The deity by father, I mean his adopted father, Joseph. The next clue is what I like to call the deity clue. And this is from Proverbs 30, verse 4. It says, Who has ascended to heaven and come down? Who has gathered the wind in his fists? Who has wrapped up the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name and what is his son's name? Surely you know. So he's very obviously talking about God here and then the son of God, who would be Jesus. And in Matthew 3.17, we Jesus is being baptized and it says, And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved son with whom I am very well pleased. And so that is so significant because there's the fulfillment of that prophetic clue Back in Proverbs 30, are there more? 
Oh my goodness, there are so many more clues in the Old Testament. So Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now that I like to call the names clue. So God gave us this clue in Isaiah 9 saying all of these titles or names are going to belong to the Messiah. And so we find out that Jesus is called the Everlasting Father. He is called the Wonderful Counselor, the Prince of Peace. And the mystery, of course, is revealed in John 8:58 where he says, Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So he was basically saying, I am is what God called himself in the Old Testament. So Jesus is saying, I am, I'm God. And all of those names that belong to God belong to me. So that's very, very exciting. I get really excited. One of the things that I love thinking about is what on earth is happening in the Old Testament, in people's minds, because we look back at hindsight and we see that there are these clues that the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And we know about that clue and we know that was Jesus. But can you imagine what on earth is going on? What are these people thinking? What was Eve thinking when God, she heard God punishing the snake and she hears that. And one of your offspring will bruise his head. She's thinking, I've lost everything. Everything that matters, I have lost. I've lost my fellowship with God. But God is giving me this promise that from my offspring, There is going to be someone that will bruise and destroy Satan. And how will that happen? And Abraham is told, through your descendants, all peoples on the earth will be blessed. And he's thinking, okay, I'm going to have a lot of descendants, I guess. But it's really through this one descendant, Jesus, that all the nations are going to be blessed. We know it's going to be through the line of Judah, which means praise, by the way, and then through the line of David, who was a man after God's own heart. And then we begin to have these really specific promises. There's going to be a virgin birth, and this is going to be the true God. It's really quite exciting. Now, the next clue that I just love this clue The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgins shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And of course, that means God with us. And so what does it tell us? It tells us that um, I read about how Mary said to the angel, how am I going to have this baby? Because I've never been with a man. And then we read also in Matthew that Joseph did not have any sexual relations with her until the baby is born. And so that's really significant. Now, here's one of my favorites. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, you are too little to be among the clans of Judah. But from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days, from old of ancient days. Does he mean before the flood? What what does he mean? What is he saying? Well, he is saying that in Bethlehem, a baby is going to be born, but he's going to be someone from 
olden times, from ancient days, from long ago. In fact, God always was. He never did not exist. And this promise is fulfilled in Luke 2, 4 through 6. And Joseph also went up from Galilee in the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. So little Bethlehem, which is so tiny and seemingly insignificant, is not just going to give Israel King David. She is going to give the world her Messiah. So I call that the hometown clue. Now we're going to take a break and we're going to have a commercial and then we're going to be right back with the rest of the clues in the Old Testament. Laura has graduated four and Meredith has graduated five. Homeschool students, that is. After countless hours of reassuring other homeschool moms that they can homeschool high school, they decided to write a book. All their encouragement and practical how-to tips are in Unlocking the Mystery of Homeschooling High School. If you want to navigate the high school years effectively, this book will equip you to homeschool high school with confidence and joy. Order your copy of Unlocking the Mystery of Homeschooling High School on Amazon.com or PowerlineProd.com. Powerline Productions. Being world changers. Raising world changers. Listening to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. Now back to your host, Meredith Curtis. Hi, we're back. And the next clue is from Isaiah 9, 1 and 2. In the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, on him light is shown. So now he's talking about a very specific region of Israel, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations, and he's going to have a ministry by the sea. That's very significant, very interesting, and very exciting. And so it says that Jesus, leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali. Now that is so interesting because not only did they tell us, did God tell us through all these different ways that we are going to have see Jesus born in Bethlehem, but we're also going to see him have his ministry by the sea. And that is so, so cool. We're also told in the Old Testament in Isaiah 35, 5 and 6 that this king is going to do miracles. We're told in Psalm 16, 10 that this Messiah will rise from the dead and conquer death. And so 
Of course, again, we see this fulfilled in Jesus in John 11, verse 47. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, what are we to do? For this man performs many signs. Now you read through the Gospels and you will see Jesus performing miracle after miracle after miracle. Jesus even told his followers, you'll do greater works than I did. And I look at the Gospels and think... Jesus rose people from the dead. He restored sight to the blind. How would we ever do anything greater? And then it says also in Acts 13, 35 through 37, remember, the Messiah will rise from the dead. You will not let your Holy One see corruption. For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was slayed with his fathers and saw corruption. But Jesus, whom God raised up, did not see corruption. So David's body went into the ground. But Jesus, though he died, he rose again and he conquered death. And our second to the last clue, which I like to call the gold medal victory clue, is this. It's from Isaiah 25, verse 8. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. This is fulfilled in Hebrews 2, verse 14. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. And again, what else does that fulfill? That fulfills Genesis, that promise that God gave when he was punishing the snake. Promise to the woman through you, your offspring, your offspring. One of your offspring will destroy the work of the devil. And finally, the last one, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. That's Psalm 110, 4. And that's the promise that there'll be another Melchizedek, not not Melchizedek resurrection, but someone who is a priest in the same way. Melchizedek just was there. And it says in Hebrews 5, 5 and 6, So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. As he says also in another place, You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, we have been talking about all of these clues, and they were all fulfilled in one person. That is Jesus. We only talked about a few of the clues. I had a big list of clues, and I just pulled out a few to say, okay, this is what God revealed in the Old Testament that would be fulfilled in the Messiah, that would happen. And in Jesus, we see all of these clues fulfilled. How awesome is that? And no wonder, like, we we have the hindsight. We can look back and we can say, okay, I see that clue. I see the life of Jesus. It's fulfilled in Jesus. Okay, no big deal. What about all those people in Hebrews 11 who were justified by faith? And they were justified by faith in Jesus because they took the clues and they looked forward to the one who would save them. The one that Joseph would be told, call the baby Jesus because he will save the people from their sins. And so here we are with this beautiful, beautiful Christmas mystery. The mystery is that a God loves us so much that he would drop clues for 4,000 years to send his beloved son 
so that we could know this truly is the Messiah and we truly can put our faith in him and love him and serve him forever. And he will take care of us forever. And that is the beautiful mystery of Christmas. How on earth does God love us so much? It's just so hard to understand, but such a beautiful thing. And on behalf of Laura and I at Finish Well Podcast, we want to wish all of you, our listeners, a very, very, very Merry Christmas. God bless you. And until next time, enjoy the mystery of Jesus. Thank you for listening to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast with Meredith Curtis and the Finish Well team. Please listen in every first and third Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time here at the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network.